This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will recap UFC on ESPN, Makachev vs. Moises, hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome and Real World Callouts. And last but not least, we'll preview UFC on ESPN, Sandhagen vs. Dillashaw. Here we go. Alright, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. We got a card to recap here um, pretty quickly. Not Maybe not the biggest names on the card, but a few things to cover. And then we actually have a really awesome card coming up with a ton of good fights. So, uh, especially this awesome main event, Sandhagen versus Dillashaw. But before we recap or preview anything, we'll start as we always do with our take of the week. So as always, uh, Ryan, take us away. Uh, all right. Um, this is what I'm going with. Islam Makachev is overrated. Dang, dude, um, you stole I, my take. Not that's not exactly it, but we'll 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 uh, we'll tag team this one. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think he's that good. I mean, I I don't think he's the next Khabib. He he doesn't look quite as good as Khabib in, in any any way, any fashion. I mean, and I think the a bigger problem would be if he's not overrated and he is the next Khabib and he's gonna go to the top of the division and and get the belt. I think that's a bigger problem than anything. I think the UFC is really going to have a problem on their hands if this is their champion at 155 and he's a dominant champion because um, I don't think he's marketable like Khabib was by by any means. I mean, the dude, he he doesn't have the smash, right? Khabib, like, he would take you down and he would he would maul people. He would uh, beat them into submission, basically. I mean, Makhchev got, uh, got the stoppage here, but oh, it was, like, his first. I think he usually goes to decision, and he... He just doesn't throw enough on the ground. He's not he's not punishing enough on the ground, and uh, yeah, I just think he would be he'd be tough to promote. Yeah, so I'm basically on the same page here. Um, mine is more focused on the fact that he's like he's like Walmart Khabib. He's trying to be Khabib, like Khabib's feeding him everything to say and do, and it just doesn't come off the same. It doesn't work with him. Um, it's like Khabib has the blueprint, but that not everyone can just follow it. And say he's he's acting like he's Khabib. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to be he's trying to play the same. It's like the same playbook, and it's just not working the same way. And I don't I just flat out don't think he's as good either. Yeah, it's like I get it. He's in your corner. I guess he's his coach now, um, and whatnot. And that's what that's kind of the style you emulate. You've trained with them for a really long time, but you got to be you got to be yourself at some yeah. point. You can't just literally try to be. You know, Khabib's retired, so I'm just gonna be. I'm going to be Khabib. I'm just going to replace him. He's out. I'm just going to slide right in. I'm going to be Khabib. Same callouts. Yeah, I'm going to do everything he does. Do what, same do what interviews. he does. Do what he tells me. Just, yeah, exactly. It is It is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it just doesn't uh, It doesn't flow like it did. Khabib, first, maybe maybe part of Khabib was um, just that it, he was the first one, and now we're watching like almost like an imitation of it. But I, I honestly think the more I listen to Khabib now and the more I hear him talk, he is actually like really funny. Like uh he, he has like a, a funny way of talking and like his English is like just perfect where he speaks good perfect English, but he can make jokes, he kinda gets it. Uh Makachev is nowhere near that. Like I'm not bashing him for not having perfect English down yet. But I think he's like trying to be who Khabib was when Khabib became the champ and had his belts and stuff. And uh he's he's just jumping too many steps forward. 
Um, he's and it's just not coming off natural at all. So yeah, I think we're we're on the same page. And again, what are the to me? It's like it's almost a numbers game. What are the odds that he's as good as Khabib? And I mean, there's you just don't get like once in a lifetime fighters don't just happen to grow up five minutes away from each other. I think he's just a product of a good system. And uh, beating up Tiago Moises, who has had some arguably very close fights against much lower competition in his last few fights, is a not really a uh, quite a stepping stone where you can start calling for the title shot or some of these real high contenders. So I'm sure he'll get the Khabib push. I'm sure it'll work within the UFC. But um, I would say if it was me, probably uh, change up your style a little bit, maybe be a little more unique. And I think like uh, the last thing, part of my take is that I think a lot of the hate he's getting online and stuff, because there's a lot of like uh, Makachev haters, I think it's somewhat warranted because I don't think he's, I think he's talking a bigger game than he's producing. So um, I'm right there with you on that. And I'm not to say he's not going to prove himself, but I just think he's way too far ahead. And uh, he's just, he's not Khabib. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, it took him a while to even get any shine because Khabib was in the sport. Like he needed Khabib to really retire to to be able to do anything at all. Otherwise, there's just two Khabibs acting exactly <laughs> like Khabib. Basically, it just no one no one pays him any attention. But now he's got this this big push and hype. Like oh, the next Khabib, the next Khabib. Like, and uh, I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. I just don't think his style necessarily it is quite the same. It, it he needs to be more offensive at times um and yeah i don't know how we haven't seen much of his striking khabib his striking wasn't great he started to get better towards the end there he he had some decent striking but um makchev he might have a questionable chin i don't know we did see him knocked out once in his in his second ufc fight so um I, i'd really like to see before we you know annoyed him the next khabib i'd like to see him go in there against some legit strikers who could kind of test him All right, then that'll finish it for our takes of the week here. So we'll jump right into our recap here. We talked a little bit about Islam Makachev, but we'll talk about him some more. Um, He did fight Tiago Moises, uh, who I would say is maybe not necessarily, you don't just jump from him to a contender, but he did dominate him pretty thoroughly and he finished him. So uh, I don't know. What did you see in this fight? Obviously, I, uh, I told you I was at a function, so I missed most of this one. And uh, or I didn't watch it really clearly. I was watching it on a on a small television. So, um, did you see anything in this fight that really stuck out, or um, what did you think? Yeah, of the I performance mean, it was overall? just more Makachev. Just yeah, it was just more Makachev. Just ha- uh, kind of completely dominating Tiago Moises. Uh, Makachev got on him early and and kind of dominated the fight there. Um, Moises didn't have didn't have many bright spots in this fight. Makachev was completely dominating, but we go back to kind of how our comparison to Khabib. You know, Khabib early on, I guess, wouldn't have finished Moises right away, but um, towards the end, um, Khabib would have would have taken Moises out in in the first few rounds. It wouldn't have gone past three. Uh, this one went a little longer. I think um, Makachev, if uh, if he wants to get some more respect and actually start, you know, keep the comparisons alive to Khabib, he needs to finish these fights early. He needs to be more dominant with the ground and pound, and uh, and work on his stand up a little bit. But over overall, it was uh, it was a good performance by him. He, he dominated Moises, and uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what uh, what the next matchup is that they're going to set up for uh, for Makachev. I know he he called out Michael Chandler. Um, that could be interesting. I think that's a tough fight for him. Um, 
but yeah, I'm not sure for his next fight. I would say he probably just needs to beat one more uh, one more guy before I think he should fight a top contender. I just don't think Tiago Moises is a is a stepping stone to that like top five uh, top five um, matchup. But I don't know. It seems like he's a what was he ranked number nine going into this? Yeah, I think so. So I could see him getting a I could see him getting that bump, but we'll. Uh, I guess we'll find out. I definitely think they're they are going to push it though. So um, I would say they'll probably try to find a a favorable matchup for him. But I don't I don't know who that would really be. So I don't know. I think Chandler's pretty much proven that he can he can wrestle. I don't know how he uh, how he fares against uh, Sambo style wrestling. So um, I guess we'll see. Uh, next yeah, fight though. Could, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Rankings. They could put him in there versus like Tony Ferguson or RDA. Um, those RDA, might be I think next, next steps. Yeah, I'm saving Tony for my call out, but yeah, that they uh they could RDA I think would probably be, probably be a favorable matchup for him, and I think a good and I think it'll be a good matchup. Like you, if you do beat RDA though, you then I think you're you're in that contender spot, and I think if you beat Tony Ferguson, you're you've proven that you can be a contender. But I um I don't think beating Tony carries the same weight it, it used to, but um no. I th- like I said I th- I think they're going to push whatever whatever they got to push to um to kind of get him get him to where they want him to be because I I'm sure they're kind of banking on him being kind of like the next Khabib so um uh we'll move on then though to our co-main event uh return of Misha Tate versus uh Mary Renault talk about setting somebody up with a uh, favorable matchup here she uh she basically beat the brakes off Marion Renault, who who retired after the fight. I mean, fair enough. She's in her mid forties or something. But um, I guess I would say uh, Misha Tate looked pretty good in her return fight. Although, take what you want from it. I I don't know that Marion Renault is up in that uh, again a similar situation. I don't think beating her puts you in any type of contender situation. So I don't know. What did you take away from this fight as far as uh, all the all the different variables? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Misha Tate looked good. Um, Marion Renault, she she's pretty solid. She's she's had a decent career. Um, you know, for somebody who took four years off, I thought Misha Tate looked better than I expected. I thought she was in better shape than I remember her being in. Um, yeah, for I, sure. I thought she looked. Yeah, I thought she looked good. She came back. It looked like she hadn't really lost a step. If anything, she might have looked better than her last last few fights. Um, but yeah, so I thought she looked great. Um, interested to see her take a step up, see where she's at. I mean, she can easily be getting a title shot here in the next few fights. Um, I mean, the division is, is pretty weak and they're kind of looking for some new matchups there for Amanda Nunes at at 135. So yeah, I could see her her fighting, uh, Amanda Nunes sometime soon. I think probably one more win, um, one, maybe two, depending on how big of a jump she wants to take for her next fight. And, uh, yeah, we could see her versus Amanda Nunes. I mean, I think, I, I, obviously, I think Amanda Nunes would smash her still. But, uh, but you know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're looking for contenders. Misha Tate has a big name. It makes sense to uh, make that fight sooner rather than later. Yeah, and that's all it ever takes. Like, it's not special special favors for her. That's all it ever takes in that division is a couple wins, right? Yeah, Exactly. I mean, yeah, you don't really have to be a favorite. You just need, yeah, you just need a decent streak. I mean, I think people have got got title fights off one or two one or two wins so oh yeah yeah it's nothing we haven't seen before and especially for her former champion and uh 
Again, yeah, I think the, my my th- I would agree 100. percent My uh, my take would be that she looked better than I expected, much better than I expected. So uh, credit to her, good comeback. They don't they don't always go that way when you're uh, coming back, especially from that kind of a layoff. Um, I felt like the odds were pretty favorable for her too, so it was a uh, it was a decent pick for the betting too. Yeah, exactly. All right, then this one I missed. I was at a wedding. I've been I haven't mentioned that yet. I was at a wedding this weekend, so uh, I did not see on and off on what I saw and wh- which ones I watched closely. I missed the entire Jeremy Stevens Martus Gamrat fight. So uh, you're gonna have to fill us in on what happened with a uh, little heathen getting choked out in the first round here. Yeah, well, it was a quick one. He didn't get uh, choked out. It was a uh, it was a finish by shit. Well, how am I blanking on it? Um, uh, Kimura. Yeah. So he, okay. uh, yeah, he got him down to the ground pretty quick. He um, kind of had an armbar set up, and then he uh, he didn't get the armbar, and he switched it to a Kimura. Uh, Jeremy Stevens tapped real quick. Very quick fight. Um, it wouldn't have been tough or wouldn't have been hard to miss this one. It, it was pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, Gamrat looked good. He looks big, especially compared to Jeremy Stevens and, uh, kind of just manhandled him and got him out of there quick. Yeah. Like I said, like we said last week, little heathen, he has had some, it's not that he doesn't carry power to 155. It's not that he hasn't had some good fights in 155, but he's, he's the hardest hitting 145 or not 155 or so he, uh, he was up a little bit. He wasn't quite the, uh, didn't have quite the size, and he wasn't able to uh, render his opponent disabled from pushing him during the way. And so he was, uh, he was out of all of his tricks, and uh, it cost him. And uh, probably not his best showing. He's had a lot of UFC fights. He's had a lot of UFC losses, a lot of great wins too. But um, this was probably seems like this was probably one of his uh, his worst UFC performances. Yeah, definitely. Um... It was just quick. He got in there, got out. I mean, both of these guys can make a quick turnaround and uh, and fight again soon, I think. All right. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jeremy Stevens again soon. Um, Hadolfo Rivera, Dustin Stolfus here. Hadolfo Rivera, huge favorite. Um, again, on my do not bet list. Um, but uh, I guess uh, he lasted longer than uh, the what, – what did he last in his last fight before he gassed out? A round? Around, yeah, he got finished by Anthony Hernandez, but he <laughs> looked he Hernandez. looked good in this one. He he might be he might be back on my uh, being able. He might be off the do not bet list. Honestly, um, you know, I think it's one of those things. You get the loss, and and then you find you see what you're doing wrong, and you either change it or you don't. Um, gassing out like that, I'm sure nobody wants to just be like defenseless in there, basically, because <laughs> uh, you're so damn tired. So. He made sure that didn't happen again. He paced himself, and uh, yeah, he, he he got the win versus Stolfus. I think he was on his way to a decision win. Stolfus, he was he was landing some early. Um, Vieira kind of settled in. Uh, his stand up is definitely getting better. You could tell he's been working on it. It's not not great yet. He doesn't really throw combinations. Just kind of jab, jab, um, you know, right, overhand, right, whatever. Um, he needs to keep working on that, keep refining it so he can, you know, start throwing some more, following it up with some combinations and whatnot. And then I think he'll be a real problem, but, uh, he didn't go for the takedown right away. He didn't go crazy in the first round. He paced himself. He did get a takedown, but Stolfus was able to get back up. And then he, uh, kind of kept on the feet there until the end. And, uh, and I believe he got the submission win. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, I was going to say, last. I saw him fight two times, two fights ago, or maybe three fights ago for him. He does take damage, especially early on. He, the first time I saw him fight, they almost had to stop it because he got such a bad cut early on. And then he went on to absolutely maul whoever he was fighting. But he uh, he seems like he's kind of a – like a start when he start when the fight starts, it seems like he's, uh, he's not um, opposed to taking some damage early on. So, um, yeah, maybe he's getting everything dialed in, though, and uh, – Getting uh getting things figured out because uh you never want to see a guy as gassed out he might have been the most gassed out I've ever seen a fighter in my life in his last fight so yeah probably a little bit He's of an eye opener for him <laughs> probably a little bit of an eye opener there for him uh, but anyways a uh, guy that does not gas out Billy Quarantillo versus uh, Gabriel Benitez have to take my admit my losses here and I mean there's plenty of uh plenty of proof that I. Bet against Billy Q, which I don't know if I'll make that mistake again. I uh, I took Gabriel Benitez. I thought it was a good line on Gabriel Benitez, and uh, he got he got worked by uh, by Billy Q in this one. It was not even close. Yeah, it wasn't. And honestly, I think it could have been a different fight. Uh, Billy uh, Quarantillo, though, you know, not taking anything away from him, he fought absolutely amazing. He just puts you know puts a pace on guys that you know they can't keep up and I think the big thing here was Billy Quarantillo he got he rocked Gabriel Benitez early in this fight and Gabriel Benitez yeah. was never really able to fully recover because of the pressure Billy Quarantillo was putting on him so um, I think you know if he doesn't get rocked that early I think he may be able to keep up so, uh, with Billy Quarantillo maybe and get the first round or second and second round or something win a decision uh, and then you know start to fade but Billy Quarantillo rocked him. Uh, it's a lot harder to keep that gas tank when you're in, when you're hurt, you know. And um, Billy Quarantillo didn't give him a second to recover. He just he rocked him and he kept it on him. Uh, he kept putting it on him, kept putting it on him, kept putting it on him, and uh, never never let Benitez have a have a second to recover. And and you know he just uh, he just you know drowned him basically in output. Um, Benitez yeah, he can that, that's he a can take way a to put it. He could take a punch, though. I mean, he he hung in there the entire fight, and uh, he didn't go anywhere. So uh, I guess he ended up getting put out in the third round, maybe like mid-third round. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't get finished earlier. Yeah. I mean, what he did was he just walked across the octagon and just started throwing haymakers, like, right from the jump. Um, I guess that works. I guess that can work. You, you'd think – I mean, the one thing they would say about Gabriel Benitez is he's got, like, such strong kicks, such powerful kicks. He barely threw any kicks. Did you even remember him? I remember him throwing a couple kicks. That's it. Yeah. No, not not too much. He just uh, – he, he, he looked good. He he got on him early, and then he didn't let off. And, uh, yeah, he, he ended up getting the finish. It was more Benitez. I The re- – or the – the doctor told the ref to keep an eye on, or, you know, that it, you can't take too much, too many more shots to that eye. And uh, Billy Q had him on the ground and was just kind of hitting him to that high over and over again. So they kind of stopped. It wasn't like a, like a stoppage stoppage. He wasn't out or anything, but they kind of just, no. they just stopped it because he was just taking too much damage. Yeah, it was a, they were shots. He was on his back. So you, I don't know if I, you really ever see a guy get stopped when he's technically on, the, on his back on the ground because he had him in that yeah, body he, triangle. He wasn't like turtling. He was still somewhat defending himself, but uh, he just wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't able to get out of that body triangle all fight, and I don't think yep. he was going to uh, going to there. So I, I'm fine with the stoppage, honestly. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and uh, a good underdog play comes through again. I mean, he's pretty much in that position now where it's hard to 
You see, we, we already know, like, his name is circled when you see him and you're hoping for underdog money. I just thought that this was a tough matchup based on, like, how the Gavin Tucker fight went and uh, how good Benitez had looked. Maybe a small factor, the last guy Benitez fought was uh, 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 Guitar Hero Janes. Maybe that made him look a little better, like he had stuff more figured out than he really did. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of factors, but like you said, I think just walking across the ring and landing a haymaker in the first 30 seconds probably set the tone for the entire fight. Yeah, honestly, and Billy Q, he's still, he's still like a skinny guy, but I feel like he has put on some muscle, and I think his big problem was, you know, in the Gavin Tucker fight was being able uh, – you know, being at that size disadvantage and just not, you know, being able to kind of be overpowered at times. Um, I kind of thought Benitez would have the, that advantage in this one, but he, he really didn't. Billy, Billy Quarantillo, he's still, he's not jacked or anything, but he looks like he's been, been working on that, you know, some strength conditioning and whatnot. And, and yeah, he would just, you know, was able to keep up that pace and never really gave Gabriel Benitez a chance to kind of uh, overpower him. Yeah, he was noticeably more shredded in the weigh-ins. I absolutely noticed that on Friday. Yeah, but that's all I really got for that one. You got anything else on it? No, nothing else to add there. So uh, otherwise, there were some good knockouts on the card, and there were some good fights on the card. Like I said, it was kind of a uh, sleeper card with no huge names. This was kind of like a card for uh, Khabib's boy to uh, kind of show out. So uh but yeah, nothing else to add there. Anything anything else on the card you wanted to point out or bring up? Yeah, I'll just go over the prelims real quick. We got Daniel Rodriguez knocked out Preston Parsons, uh early first round knockout. Uh D Rod looked good. I thought he looked real good. He looked kind he looked kind of out of shape, but I guess it didn't really matter. He got him out of there early. Looked um, sharp. Yeah, he did though. Um Amanda Amanda Lemos knocked out uh Monserrat Ruiz. Um in the first round, 35 seconds into the fight. Um, she looked good. Uh, she, she stunned her. Um, Ruiz was kind of wobbled, then dropped her. And then the ref just immediately stopped it. I don't know. Do you, did you see that? Do you think it was an early stoppage or? I was fine with it when I saw her get up and she was stumbling all over. She was holding her hands up. Like she was still in it, like trying to like, like, look at me. I'm fine. But she was basically falling down. So I was fine with the stoppage. I feel like he stopped her before she landed anymore. She was going to land some hammer fists. So I think uh, I, th- I think she was just going to take more damage. I think if he didn't step in, she was getting finished. But he did step in, and maybe it was a split second earlier than uh, people would have preferred. But I think he uh, I think either way, the fight ends the same way. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's over. But I'd I'd like to see it go just a little bit longer. But I, I don't think it mattered. I don't think. You know, I think Ruiz was clearly outclassed in this fight, uh, and Amanda Lemos or Lemos, she look looks like the real deal. So we might have a have a contender there. Um, other than that, we had our Sergey Mazarov Morozov beat uh, Khalid Taha, a pretty dominant uh, performance there. Uh, Khalid Taha, he he didn't go anywhere. He he fought all three rounds, but uh, you know he just got he got beat. Uh, Moroz, Morozov was the better uh, fighter on on Saturday. Other than that, we got uh, your boy, your boy's brother, Francisco Figueredo, got beat three round decision yeah. by Malcolm Gordon. It was a it was a close fight. They were both putting it out there, but uh, I think Malcolm Gordon clearly clearly won that decision. And uh, the first fight of the night was uh, uh, Alan Boudet versus uh, Rodrigo Nascimento Ferreira. Uh, Ferreira knocked out uh, knocked out Boudet in uh, round two, um, kind of early in round two. So. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good card overall. We had some uh, we had some good knockouts, especially the prelims was uh, a little more exciting, I think, than the main card. But 
it, it was a pretty good card overall. Yeah, just a just a bad couple months to be a figurado guy. So take my uh, take my <laughs> wounds and move on. Right. Tough time to be a figurado guy. All right, we'll move on from there though to our uh, to our segments here. We'll start with our isn't he awesome and our call out. I think it is your turn to go first this week. So uh, what do you got for us for your uh, for your yeah. shout out and your call out this week? Cool, cool, yeah. Isn't he awesome? I got Billy Quarantillo, uh on the nice. Isn't He Awesome. I mean, I had uh, I'd counted him out in this one. Gabriel Benitez, I thought was going to get the victory. I thought kind of Gavin Tucker kind of exposed him a little bit. But, um, I mean, the guy's just – he's got Diaz brother cardio. Um, he fights at an absolutely insane pace that, that I don't think many people can keep up with. Um, you know, I think the only way to kind of uh, – to beat him really is to stop that pace by by kind of overpowering him and being the stronger fighter in there and being able to bully him a little bit. Benitez wasn't able to do that, and you know if you got to uh, if you got to go running in the striking department with this guy, you're gonna lose. It's just he he puts on insane pace. Cardio is amazing, and uh, yeah, he he you know I not just me, not uh, a lot of people I saw were picking Gabriel Benitez in this fight. I mean, he was the favorite, yeah. um, and a lot of people had him, and and he proved everyone wrong. A lot, not just a lot of people, a lot of people who are wise to what he's capable of and a lot of people that know he's won a lot of, in a lot of underdog spots. You see his name on the card and you're like, I know he's an underdog, but you can never count him out. He's always a solid underdog play. He's the kind of guy that you, you want to put your money on because if he loses, he fights for it. He doesn't give up. And more than not, he comes through. So there was a lot, there, all that was factored in to that and still... I still picked we both still picked against him thinking this one is the one where he's just a little overmatched can't really factor in for uh for him to pull off his typical underdog come through as a typical underdog but he did and like possibly one of his most dominant ones yet so yeah I think that's a uh that's a great shout out um definitely on my short list of shout outs who do you got for a call out yeah, one quick. Yeah, I felt pretty stupid pretty pretty quickly in in that fight once that <laughs> fight started. So, um, but I was with yeah, we we'll move on. right there with you. We'll move on to the call out, Trevor Bauer. Um, have you heard about this at all? Are you talking about the uh, misconduct situation? Yeah. Yes, I am. I'm. I don't know the updates. You'll have to fill me in. But I've heard, I've heard, I heard the original stuff uh, a little while back when he first got like a suspension for misconduct. Yeah, yeah. So I there, I don't know if there's any really real updates. I guess the text got released. Did you read the text or anything like that? <laughs> no, I did not see. Oh man, this guy is a he's a great a moron. Um so for the <laughs> listeners, if you guys aren't up to date on the story, so basically Trevor Bauer um starts seeing this girl. He hooks up with her once. She's she's into choking and stuff. She wants him to to choke her and whatnot and and he does and afterwards, he's like, uh, they start texting. She's saying she loves it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, basically then, so she texts him saying like, yeah, I want you to choke me again. Um, but I want, you to, I want you to choke me unconscious and then, you know, slap me and leave a uh, handprint on my ass, all this stuff. So he, he says, okay, like I'll be in town uh, Saturday. Like meet, let's meet up at my hotel after the game. I'm starting or whatever. Uh, we'll meet up after the game. So he brings her back to the hotel. 
he, you know, they have sex. He chokes her unconscious like she asks, asks for, which I guess is fine. That's if that's what you're into. It's what you're into. But uh, she said she wanted to be slapped and she wanted all the pain and stuff. Um, but w- when he chokes her unconscious, instead of slapping her, he he gets carried away. I don't know what his what his monkey brain is thinking, but he punches her in the face and breaks her orbital while she's out. She wakes up like, what the fuck? This isn't what I asked for. Like, I, I you know, I didn't want to, you know, get into an MMA fight with you. While I was passed out on, uh, uh, you know, after you choked me unconscious. Like, she's like, holy shit. She's completely beat up. And, uh, and yeah, I guess she, uh, you know, she called the police. He's like texting her apologizing and stuff. Like, I thought that's what you wanted. Like, Trevor Bauer, you, how could you possibly think anybody would want to to get punched in the face so hard that their orbital is broken. Like, I get it. She was into some weird shit, but may, you know, just not quite weird enough for you. Yeah. You're already, you're already really walking a fine line in the dark arts. There's no reason to take it any further. That's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's like 10 steps further than 10 steps too far. So he, uh, is he still suspended? Do you know if like what, like if they released yeah, the text he's, and stuff he's suspended. like suspended. They canceled Trevor Bauer bobblehead night on Saturday, which is legit, oh, not man. a joke. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I mean, what are you thinking? You're like super high paid, you're like one of the higher paid pitchers, I believe. You you know, you got everything and you go and do something just so freaking stupid. You're already walking a tightrope with what you were doing. Um, yeah. And to just, you, you know to punch someone in the face and break their orbital. Like I get it. She wanted all the pain and stuff, but like use your fucking head, dude. You know, it doesn't take, (laughs) it it doesn't take a genius to figure out like she doesn't want to be completely beat to shit. Like she just got out of the octagon or something to break someone's, yeah, to break someone's orbital that requires like reconstructive surgery and shit. That's just like, what could you possibly be thinking? Like, and well, I, like she wakes up, you're like, oh, how you feeling, baby? Like, what what are you thinking? Yeah, um, yeah. Even that, that's you don't even see that happen in the octagon very often. So yeah, he was uh, crossing many lines there. Already, already, yeah, already dabbling in some dark shit. So um, yeah, there'll probably be a swift punishment for him. He'll probably pay the price. Um, kind of ironic though, he's a guy that everyone talks about how smart he is all the time. And uh, he also like, was it was it in the playoffs when he cut his hand open because he was messing around with a uh, RC drone or something before one of his starts? Yeah, I don't Have know if it was in that? the playoffs, but I remember that story. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh, he's had a few incidents, nothing like this. Like this is like like felonious. Like this is borderline jail time. So we'll see what happens with that. I haven't any. Heard, that's the that's the most detailed version. I didn't look too deep into it. I had some people send that to me and be like, dude, this guy's out of his gourd. Like, what is he thinking? But, um, yeah, I'm thinking if I'm, uh, I'm, uh, in his position or any position or in the position I'm in right now, I'm probably just, that's, pr- those are probably red flags to begin with. So, uh, I definitely don't think I'm going to be, uh, um, you know, taking it to those level of extremes. So probably just a lesson for all the youngsters out there and the star athletes and whatnot. Um, don't be like him. Right. All right, then. I'll move on then to my uh, shout-outs and call-outs here. We got uh, my uh, – my isn't he awesome this week is Corey Sandhagen, um, not just because I'm rooting for him in his upcoming fight, although that is 
that is a big part of it. Um, I just like how he's uh, he's real. I think he's handling this situation well. He's the comeback fight for a guy who got caught. Like one of, would you say that T.J. Dillashaw's situation is pre- he's probably the most like prevalent caught red-handed cheater of all time in the M- in MMA. Yeah, exa- you know he was acted like he was so against it and whatnot. Even after you know a lot of his teammates come out after he left. Uh, um, after Alpha he left. Yeah, alpha male and, you know, accused him and whatnot of being on shit all the time. And he was, you know, all all against saying no way. And, uh, you know, and he gets popped for the EPO. Um, you know, I guess supposedly they went back and tested all of it. You know, they keep, USADA keeps the, uh, you know, samples or whatever. And they went back and tested it. And they weren't able to find an EPO in any of his older tests. But who knows? That doesn't mean he wasn't on it the whole time during training and whatnot. That just means he didn't take it as close to the fight, you know, as close to the fight those times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he he definitely is one of the at least high profile, um, you know, biggest, you know, the one of the more high profile, I think, people to get caught. Yeah, so anyways, so you got Sandhagen is, come, is his comeback fight. I just think he's doing a really good job in the media because you can't you literally can't just talk about that the whole time you can't shit talk you can't just be like oh you're a cheater over and over and over everybody already knows that it's going to be a big narrative coming into the fight but i like what he's how he handled it. i like what he said he pretty much just said like i'm not going to start hostilities but if he wants to get hostile i will i'll i'll be hostile the whole time like i'll i'll consider the uh the hotel and everywhere part of the war ground if uh if he wants to start the hostilities, because TJ's always been, had like a little bit of an edge to him. He's kind of like a he's he's also kind of like a wannabe McGregor in a lot of ways. Although his trash talk is like beyond cringy, and uh, I just think uh, I think Sandhagen, I think Corey Sandhagen, I think he's in a good place going into this fight. I think he sounds confident. I think he sounds uh, I think he sounds pretty sure of himself, and I think he's on a good run here. Um, and uh, I think. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm just uh, seeing and thinking all these things because I really, really, really want him to win. But he's a guy he kind of won me over as a fan. Like, I really wasn't a fan, much of a fan of his until his probably his last – I mean, even his loss to Eljo, I thought he handled it really well. It wasn't. It was kind of a setback for him, and he's done nothing but, like, leaps and bounds forward since. But um, I just think uh, – I think that this is the good – a perfect guy – for like a villain like TJ Dillashaw to come back and have to face off with on his very first fight. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's hot right now. He's a fan favorite. Um, I mean, I've I haven't heard any you know bad things about Corey Sandhagen. I mean, maybe there was a little uh, a little bit after the submission loss to Aljo, but um, I mean, he's came back and and you know and really made up for the hat by, you know, with how he's fought in his last two fights. I mean, his knockouts versus, yeah, uh, for sure. Marais and, and, um, uh, and, uh, Frankie Edgar are just, uh, you know, highlight reels. Um, and, uh, I, he's one of the more, like, I think respected and really like, uh, universally like, liked fighters, I think out there right now. So. Yeah. And I didn't feel, I didn't really didn't feel that way about him until I guess until I saw him more, I, uh, I thought he had too weird of a body to win win a belt, and I now I'm actually taking that back. I think he does have potential. The only thing that's always going to hurt him, and this is the only possible problem this weekend, is he's uh, he's not that great against wrestling. So, but I think he has some tools. I mean, we'll talk about it more when we actually talk about the fight. But 
um, I'm just kind of, you know, hoping for the best here. So wanted to give him a shout out. And uh, like I said, I think this is a good guy. You get the wrong guy in there against a guy coming back for steroids. You could get an ugly, like you could get an ugly face off. You could get ugly trash talk and it could just be too much. You know what I'm saying? With like, yeah, we all know that TJ Dillashaw pop for EPO. We all know that he's like a snake that kind of makes it sound like nothing's his fault and he didn't do anything wrong, even though he got caught red handed and has admitted it. And it's like he, he doesn't know what the big deal is and why people don't like him. But you get a kind of a mild-mannered, like e- even-tempered guy like uh, Sandhagen. I think that keeps the that keeps the ship running smooth, and I think that's a big reason why I'm as excited as I am for this matchup. Yeah, I agree. It should be should be fireworks. Oh yeah. So I'll move on to my call out here. I kind of kind of hinted at it earlier. Just want to quickly call out everybody who's calling out Tony Ferguson. Everyone knows that Tony's been exposed now. He's on a major decline. He got crushed by crushed by Justin Gaethje. Okay, I'll admit, you, Justin Gaethje crushed him. I said, all right, Gaethje next for the title. Then he gets crushed by Charles Oliveira. Still, maybe, I was thinking to myself, I don't know if that's the same Tony. I don't know if that warrants a title shot right off the bat. But I couldn't argue with it. It is what it is. And, uh, and now Charles has the belt. And then Benil Dariush crushes him. And it's like... All right, this, now this is just a trend. Benil Dariush is nowhere near the next title shot, although I believe he's ranked like fourth or fifth. But let's just be honest here. So then now pretty much every lightweight is calling out Tony Ferguson, trying to just beat up his corpse like, uh, like Islam Makachev and the rest of those guys. They're all calling him out because they know this is a big name. They all just want to pile on him. It's, it's, to me, it's just there's too many of them doing it all at the same time. And... Uh, Pretty much just, it's so transparent that beating up Tony at this point, the ghost of Tony, the corpse of Tony should not be an instant, your next fight, that should not be an instant title contention fight, if you know what I'm saying. We've seen enough of his decline now to uh, to put him as more of in the gatekeeper, top five gatekeeper. Um, and who even really wants to see him fight anymore unless it's against uh, some lighter competition because what we've seen in these last few fights, it's been pretty hard to watch. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. I think, you know, calling if you're like a, uh, you know, it's eight to fifteen type guy right now, and you're on your way up, and a young guy trying to make your way up in the division, and and your call out is Tony Ferguson because you see he's a high ranked guy that's clearly pl- past his prime. It's just you know, it's like uh, you know a lion going after a wounded a wounded gazelle. I mean. That's yeah. really that's really what it is. You you see this gazelle hobbling on one leg, and you go after it to uh, take it out to kind of to build a name off of it. I mean, I, I get it. I get the I get the reason to call him out, but it it's just it, I don't think it's a good look. I mean, if you're if you're a young guy many. trying to make it up in the division, you got to fight the best guys. You should want to fight the best guys. You if you want to be champion, you shouldn't be looking at necessarily absolute easiest route there i mean you you're gonna need to fight everybody and uh if you you know if you gotta you know pick off tony ferguson to get your title shot well, you're not gonna be a champion long you're probably not gonna be champion at all uh because you're not gonna win that fight but you're not gonna be champion for very long if you, if you do manage to get the win yeah i always i honestly just always felt like we saw more people calling out um like people would want to call out another fighter that was on the top of their game. I, I, I always felt like that was more common to, uh, especially like, well, like even Makachev, he's not really, he's not really trying to build his resume anymore. He's, he's headlining an event and then he calls out Tony Ferguson afterwards. Like I know we also called out Chandler and that's that those are 
more better matchups in RDA, and those are better matchups. But just at this point, he he said in an interview like I the fight I would really like is Tony, because uh, because him and Khabib had their beef, and uh, they were supposed they were matched up as many times as they were matched up, and um, he want he wants to settle it. To me, why would why would uh, why would Makachev beating beating Tony be the same as if him and Khabib fought what four or five years ago? It's not the same thing. It doesn't settle the debate of who would have won because it's not the same guy. You know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah, completely agree, completely agree. I, I like the Michael Chandler call out um, for Makachev. I I don't know if he quite gets that big of a bump yet, or if it makes sense for Chandler to really take that fight. But uh, I like where he's at on that one. I don't wor- I don't like where he's at on the Tony Ferguson one. But I think. Uh, he probably needs one more win, and then Chandler, or maybe they make the Chandler fight. I, I you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I, I think that would be a great test to yeah, actually that. see if he's the the next Khabib or not. I mean, you got a guy who's a wrestler who's got a good takedown defense, who's going to go out there and throw throw bombs immediately, and uh, to see if Makhachev could really could really deal with that that striking really quick off the start in a in a fight. I think that I think that's an awesome test for him. I do, I do, I do think that's a really interesting fight. So that one I'd have no complaints about. Just let Tony go off and uh, and uh, go out to the pasture on his own. Give him, maybe give him some, give him a retirement fight. Give him something. He's clearly like just not the same guy. So that's my call out. I don't have anyone else to call out this week. I don't think I would call out Space Jam if I watched it, but I don't even think I can waste my time on that. So I'll uh, I'll leave that alone. I'll let everyone else talk shit about it. But otherwise. Uh, maybe call it the Suns. They've been falling apart out there. What happened? What's going on in Phoenix? Yeah, they're choke artists. I mean, they've uh, they can't make the big shots in the clutch. When it comes down to it, they're right there within the last few minutes, and uh, they turn the ball over. They miss shots, you know. And and Milwaukee's doing the exact opposite. They're in clutch when they need uh, when they need a basket or you know or they need to get a turnover. They need to get the ball back. They do it every single time. And the Suns are doing the exact opposite. So they're really choking. I'm not expecting much out of them tomorrow yeah, um, or today, I guess, when, when this comes out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, 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 need to, they really need to, to win this one. But just the, their last two games, three games, um, they, you know, they're just playing like garbage. Are you, uh, are you giving up on them then? I, I, I am. I mean, if they win tomorrow, I guess I'll, I'll be back. But uh, right now it just uh, – I mean, they got blown out in game two, and then they they didn't play bad in two and three and four. I mean, they most of the game they played all right. They were right there, but you know when it matters, they they choke and they uh, they turn the ball over and and they lost both of them. So it does seem like they are in a uh, it does seem like they're in a pretty 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 bad uh, momentum spot right now. So. I, I feel like the momentum is not on their side at all. But anyways, that was just a mini call. I didn't I didn't even need to jump uh jump into that. But we can move on then to our uh our our fights this week. Like we said, this is a really really good card. I'm trying to pull it up right now due to uh some internet issues we're dealing with, but um main event here, we'll start with the main event with uh Sandhagen versus uh the snake himself, uh, T.J. Dillashaw. Um, I think that uh, I think that they have the line pretty close to where I would put it here. We got T.J. Dillashaw or um, Corey Sandhagen favored here, minus one ninety. T.J. Dillashaw plus one sixty five. I think it was my take a couple weeks ago that uh, 
I really believe that this division has pretty much moved on. Um, I think the division has moved on with uh, in the last two years that uh, that TJ's been gone. I think that this division's made huge strides, and I just I don't think we're going to see the same version of Dillashaw. And I think that the competition has gotten even better. So I think that uh, I think I'm hoping and I'm thinking that Corey's going to have his way with this. I think it's going to be a pretty good uh, a pretty good showing for uh, Corey Sandhagen over over TJ. You there? All right, so so yeah, I think I uh, I think I got Corey Sandhagen in this one. I'm going with with Corey Sandhagen. It's gonna be the pick, but uh, I mean honestly, I think he might be favored a little bit too much. I think he should be more minus one fifty, minus one sixty range. I think it's you know at minus one eighty or minus one eighty or something right now. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I I'm guess at it minus one ninety. Minus one ninety, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I think he's got skill. I think he's got all the the momentum on his side. T.J. Dillashaw, we've got some unknowns. He's come. The main things with T.J. Dillashaw here against, going against him is you know he's an aging fighter. Definitely going towards the back end of his career. He just uh, had a two year, coming off a two year suspension, hasn't fought in a long time, and we just don't know where he's at. And and on top of that, um. You know, he's coming off the suspension for EPO. He's known to be a cardio guy. Um, I know he denies that, you know, he says it was just for the wake-up, for the Cejudo fight, having to go down to 125. Um, a lot, you know, people who've trained with him and stuff say, you know, that's not the case. Um, I would lean toward, more towards not the case. I think he's probably always been on it. Um, and and he's probably been cheating the whole time. So we'll see where his cardio is at. I think, you know, with these unknowns, we got to go Corey Sandhagen here. But... I don't think it's a lock by any means necessarily. Um, you know, TJ Dillashaw is a hard worker if he's anything. And uh, I just keep seeing the Aljo, you know, he Aljo got that takedown so easy True. and sunk in the rear naked choke so quickly. I mean, Dillashaw is not really a submission guy. I think he's only had one submission in the UFC and only has a few on his record. So um, that, that being the case... That you know that goes a little more toward Corey Sandhagen. I think if it was a wrestler that that's a known submission guy, uh, like Aljo, you know, I might be a little bit more hesitant on the Corey Sandhagen pick. But uh, also his timing has just been so good lately with those knees, um, throwing those knees when guys are shooting. I just you know I think he he's in his prime right now. He's fighting some of the you know the best he's ever fought. He looks really good, and I, I think he'll with the unknowns we got on Dillashaw. And just, you know, how outstanding Sanhagen has looked recently. I think I'm going to ha- have to go with Corey Sanhagen on this one. All right, so we're on the same page for the pick. You're just not quite as uh, – quite don't like the line quite as much, which, again, you never – I mean, almost two to one, and there's so many unknowns. Um, again, TJ also has a wrestling background, which is also one of uh, Corey's weaknesses. So either way, again, this fight definitely has, like, fight of the night potential, has, you know uh, – Definitely some excitement factor built into it. Um, Aspen Lad, Macy Chazon. Aspen Lad minus 175. Macy Chazon plus 155. Haven't given this one much thought. I believe Aspen Lad's coming off a pretty serious injury. Is this her first fight back? Yeah, it is. Okay, and I know Macy Chazon, she's really big for the division. Um, she's won her last few fights, if I remember correctly. She was on uh, the um brunson holland card maybe i believe and uh 
it's been a while. That one was a while ago, back in March. But anyways, uh, Aspen Ladd favorited pretty pretty good. She was on a run for a while there until she hurt her knee and she had that she had that stoppage loss to um, uh, Jermaine Duran. I mean, I believe was that who it was. Yep. Yeah, it was. So it's just been a long time since I've seen her fight. This fight's probably a pass for me, although she looks like she has all the tools to win. But and she's uh, favored here at minus one seventy five. So. What are your thoughts on this fight here? I, you might have a better, uh, bit of a better yeah, read than I think, me. You know, I think it's a close fight. I think I'm going to take the underdog money on on Macy Chazon uh, on this one. Um, Aspen Ladd is a big step up in competition for her, but she's big. Um, she's big. She's long. Very big. And and she's she's a good fighter. Um, she came into the UFC had had a little bit of trouble in her second fight, I believe, or maybe it was a third fight versus Lena Landsberg, but. Uh, you know, I think she's been making some big improvements. She's looked good. Um, Aspen Ladd coming off the long layoff, um, a big surgery and whatnot. So um, I think I'm going to take the underdog money here. I mean, Aspen Ladd could win this one. I think she's the better striker. Um, but I think Macy Chazone with her size and uh, just being kind of dominating that, you know, she could pull the win out on this one and you might be able to make some money on the underdog. Yeah, I definitely think that the underdog money's there. Um I guess, I, like I said, I just don't have that good of a read on it. Uh, next one up, though, we got Kyler Phillips, one of my guys, big fan of him, against um, Ruleon Pavia, which, to me, this is not a uh, – where's the odds here? Okay, we got Kyler Phillips at minus 275, Ruleon Pavia plus 235. I don't think Ruleon Pavia is really a walkover guy. I know Kyler Phillips has looked really good in his last few fights. Um Looked really good in his last fight on Fight Island. I, I really think he's one of the most exciting fighters in that in that division, especially young fighters. But um, we've seen guys too get these uh, start slipping into these bigger and bigger odds and maybe slip up. What do you think of this matchup here? Yeah, I, I like uh, Kyler Phillips on this one. Uh, Paiva, he he's a decent fighter, but I think uh, I think Phillips is a step above him here. Um, you know, Paiva, he, he, his last win was uh, Zuma Gulov, but it was a close fight that I think Zuma yeah. Gulov won. Um, I, I think Kyler Phillips is going to be able to kind of dominate him. He's tough. Um, he, he's got the, he's got good stand-up. I think he's just a little bit better uh, all around. Uh, and, I, yeah, I think Kyler Phillips should get the W. I think he's a rightful favorite in this one. Yeah, and he's definitely one of the most exciting guys in that division. He's super fast, super athletic. Definitely a guy. Whether he wins easily or not, uh, he will put on a uh, put on a show. So definitely worth uh, worth checking out or making sure you see it. Um, Derek Elkins versus uh, Der- uh, Darren Elkins versus Derek Minner here. Uh, last time I saw Derek Minner, he uh, I think he may have had a fight in between us, but he submitted that uh, T.J. Laramie that was a hu- as a huge underdog. So I know he's got a good guillotine. Other than that, I don't know a whole bunch about him. Um, Derek Darren the Damage Elkins here. Plus 140, Derek Menner, minus 160. Darren Elkins just hanging around taking fights at this point. I don't know what shape he's in or how he'll fight. We've seen him lose quite a few, but I guess he's always in there, and he's had a lot of fights. He is uh, he is the damage. So uh, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I like Derek Menner in this one. I, I, I like him a lot, I think. Yeah, he, he submitted that TJ Laramie with the guillotine choke. Um, he has a, a really good guillotine, uh, and then he did beat Charles Rosa, where he just completely outworked him. He just took Rosa down. He was able to completely control him um, and, and really dominated that fight. I mean, 
Darren Elkins is a guy we've seen that, you know, he gets taken down, he gets put on his back, uh, and uh, he can, you know, he lo- he loses fights that way. So I think Minner's going to be able to do that to him. I think he's going to be able to take him down. He's going to be able to land some ground and pound, maybe submit him, maybe not. But, you know, Darren Elkins never goes away. He He's constantly there. Um, he's, he is the damage for a reason. Um, but, uh, I think he's going to take some in this one. You never know. He's always live, but, uh, I think, uh, I think Manor's going to pull this one out. Yeah. Well, a lot of times the damage is him taking a lot of times the damage is the, the damage he's taking, but yeah, I, I would, uh, I would agree with your assessment there. I actually forgot about that Charles Rosa fight now that you mention it, which, uh, that I think is, uh, a good one to to base off of. All right, Miranda Maverick, Macy Barber. This is kind of a – I would say this is a pretty big matchup here. Macy Barber is plus 105 underdog. Uh, Miranda Maverick, minus 125 here. I do honestly think that maybe uh, Macy Barber's kind of been figured out. She's kind of like just a bigger, kind of a sloppy boxer, tries to use power, which we've seen that Miranda Maverick kind of has uh, – Kind of has a good defense for that. She's definitely a more polished fighter than um, Macy Barber. I don't know. One time Macy Barber had a lot of steam behind her before our girl uh, Roxanne Montefiore kind of killed her hype train. Since then, she hasn't really uh, been able to bounce back. She had the knee surgery. She lost to Alexa Grasso. And uh, I uh, I think that this is probably another tough matchup for Macy Barber um, in this spot here. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm a Miranda Maverick on this one as well. Uh, you know the UFC, they really, uh, they really, you know, if a prospect they're pushing, it almost seems like they're vengeful sometimes. Like they got behind <laughs> Macy Barber real fast, and uh, and then she lost. They give her Alexa Grasso, which is an awful matchup for her. Like uh, you know, she loses that Roxanne Matafari, she tears her ACL or whatever. You know, it it happens. Um, but then they, you know, her return fight, they give her an awful matchup in Alex Grasso. I think maybe uh, Alex Grasso was a little underrated at the time, but since then she's shown, shown that she's like, you know, kind of the real deal. And, um, and then they got this new, you know, we got our new, uh, up and comer in the division, Miranda Maverick, and we're just going to throw Macy Barber to her, um, knowing that this is an, uh, you know, I think an awful stylistic matchup for her. And uh, I think Miranda Maverick should be able to, uh, you know, be the bigger fighter, be able to get in the clinch, get the takedowns, and and beat Macy Barber. I mean, if Macy Barber's going to win this one, she has to keep distance, stay on the outside, and kind of pick Miranda Maverick apart. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, Miranda Maverick, she's looked good, and and she's going to kind of make a run here. Yeah, said so that's exactly my thoughts exactly, and I just think like I I think it's a perfect way to put it that if you're an up or if you're at one point a prospect that they've uh, invested in and your hype train gets derailed, they don't do you any favors. They push you to the side quickly, and uh, maybe it's just the Ben Askren curse because I'm pretty sure everyone Ben Askren has laid his hands on has uh, fallen quickly <laughs> from uh, from from grace. Look at Chase Hooper. Look what happened to that poor kid. Yeah, exactly. If I'm in the UFC, I'm telling Ben Askren to stay away from me. Oh, yeah. The Ben Askren curse is real, and not no, they don't talk about it enough. Uh, anyhow, we got uh, Mickey Gall next up against uh, Jordan Williams. Let me find these odds here. All right, we got Jordan Williams minus 175, Mickey Gall plus 155. Not sure what to make of the odds. Not even sure what my pick would be here. All I can say is I think Mickey Gall may possibly be the beneficiary of more headline events than more undeserved headlining events than anybody else in UFC history, other than maybe I don't know who else. 
maybe like Michelle Watterson or something. Who else has gotten two headlines? He headlined the, the CM Punk fight, and then he co-headlined a year ago on the Poirier-Hooker fight with Platinum Perry. Um, and now here he is, a uh, pretty sizable underdog. So that's all I got on the fight. Um, what do you think of the matchup? And uh, um, would you agree that maybe he's, uh, he's headlined some events he probably should have had no business being a headliner in? Yeah, the CM Punk fight wasn't a headliner, was it? Wasn't that on the like a steep a on or the it was on the main card, maybe like the second. It might have been the co-main of like a steep a title fight in Cleveland, I think. Yeah, I, I um, thought but, CM Punk was on the cover. Was on the cover of it, maybe. But yeah, I think he was the co-main. I think it was a steep a card. Um, but uh, but yeah, either way, he's been on in some big spots that he definitely does not deserve. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I got Jordan Williams in this one. It's just I, I don't really know what Jordan's ground, Jordan Williams' ground game is like, but we have seen Mickey Gall. He kind of struggles to get the fight to the ground against decent opponents. So I think that's kind of where I just don't I really, you know, he Jordan Williams is a big uh, big for the division. It seems like too, he's got power. He knocks guys out. Um, so I think Mickey Gall is going to have trouble getting into the ground where, where he may have the advantage, but so I, I think Jordan Williams should just, uh, if he can keep it standing, should, uh, you know, probably knock Mickey Gall out, I think. Yeah. we've seen guys do that before, so would not be surprised. All right. Next up, we got, uh, Puna Halihi Soriano versus Brendan Allen Allen. All right. So let me find these odds again, real quick. We got Brendan Allen minus 115 Soriano plus or minus 105. So we got no real underdog here. Um, I have no lean on this fight because I don't know who Punolini Soriano is. It looks like maybe a, is this a guy coming over from LFA or something? Yeah, he's a prospect. He's looked good. I think I'm on Soriano on this one. I mean, Brendan Allen's a tough fight, but they, uh, this is a guy I think that, that, that the UFC thinks uh, could be the real deal. So they're kind of kind of pushing him pretty quick here. So Brendan Allen, it's a tough fight. I, you know, Soriano, he's got to keep this one standing. Um, I think he's got to yeah. uh, keep the fight on the feet. Brendan Allen, he can kind of get in dog fights at times, and uh, you know, kind of get into striking battles when he's outmatched and and lose that way. Um, you know, he doesn't always take the easiest route to victory, which would usually be takedowns and and get the submission here. So that's what Brendan Allen needs to do to win this fight. He needs to he needs to get the takedown early. He needs to try to submit Soriano, but um, if he's not able to, or if he refuses to, um, Soriano, I think I think he should get this get this win. But this is a close one; kind of could go either way. Yeah, I think so. Or I was gonna say, yeah, I agree with you that uh, Brennan Allen has definitely had kind of a uh, uh, kind of a wild man in there. So you really don't know what to expect. Hard guy to uh, hard guy to pick in a fight. Can't really deny though that he's, he does have some uh, um, some good wins, especially on the ground. But uh, next up, we got Shamil Abdurakhimovov versus our boy Chris Dawkins. Um, we don't have a five dimes line for this one, so we got uh, Chris Dawkins minus two hundred, Shamil plus one fifty. Good to see our boy Chris Dawkins back in the octagon. Is that why he's uh, he's on our lineup here? Oh yeah, he's on here just because we love him. Keeper of his brother. Um, he's the man. He's <laughs> definitely the big brother. Yeah. So I mean, I'd pick him to win. I, he's his minus two hundred favorite at this point. He's done nothing but deliver. Um, I I think I read somewhere that he's actually 
left his full-time job and now he is a uh, full-time fighter so that can only help and uh he's been the he's been impressive and when his fights he's in he's uh kind of the, the those bros came pretty much came out of nowhere yeah definitely yeah i think he's gonna get uh get the w in this fight he has been very impressive he's got quick hands he's pretty mobile for being a bigger heavyweight and uh yeah i think he gets the job done here all right then we'll move on to our next one we got all right, I know how to say this. Uh, Nasser, Nasser Adin Imavov versus Ian Heinish. And uh, we're looking at Ian Heinish minus 150, Nasser Imavov plus 130. I'll be honest, I have not been impressed with Imavov in the fights I've seen him in. And uh, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily always super impressed with uh, Ian Heinish, but I think Ian Heinish has definitely fought better, high-quality opponents. Um I think he's a little more solid. I would take Ian Heinish as the minus 150 here. This is uh, one of the few of these fights that I kind of would say I feel somewhat strong about. I just have not been that impressed with Imovov's uh, performances in the past. And uh, I uh, I like Heinish here at the minus 150. How do you feel about this one? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm on, uh, I'm on Ian Heinish in this one. Um, I, I think he's kind of just a better version of uh, Imovov here. Uh, Imovov, he's kind of a grinder. Wrestling's decent. He gets it into the clinch. Uh, but I think Ian Heinish is going to be able to overpower him. I think he has slightly better striking. Um, I, I think he, I think he's just going to uh, be, be a good win for Ian Heinish here against Imovov. Um, but I mean, Imovov, he is tough. I just, I just don't think he's going to, you know, get the win on Saturday. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, last fight here, and this one will fly under the radar a little bit, but this definitely has a uh, fight of the night written all over it between two two younger prospects here with uh, Adrian Inez and Randy Costa. Um, they These guys kind of like – I follow them both on Twitter, and they kind of just agreed to fight each other because everyone was kind of like, you know, if you guys fought each other, it would be awesome. And they kind of – they were like, all right, well, just well, let's get this done. They pushed for it for a while. They wanted to get on the Houston card because uh, Inez is from Houston – but um, took a while, but they did get on a card, and they are going to fight each other. Adrian Yanez minus 210, Randy Costa plus 175. That's quite a bit steeper than I expected, even for as good as Adrian Yanez has looked. I don't know that he's really fought anybody that I would say is on Randy Costa's level. Randy Costa's looked good. I think he's got six wins, six first-round knockouts. Yanez has looked good. He's knocked a lot of guys out. I I think I I think I like Yanez to win the fight, but I don't think I like the line being that steep for two guys. I mean, this this fight could easily end in one punch, one kick. Both of these guys have potential to do it. Um, I might lean towards taking the underdog money, although I think Yanez has looked a little bit sharper, especially with the stand-up. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of in a tough place there. Do you take the underdog money that you think is a, a good value, or do you take the guy you think probably has a slightly better shot at winning? What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think I'm going to Adrian Yanez on this one. I mean, I think Randy Costa's a solid fighter, but I, Adrian Yanez, he's looked great lately. His striking so slick. He started a little slow in his last fight, I remember, but uh, then he turned it on. He got the finish in the uh, third round. You know, first round, I thought he made a loss, I think. I don't know. It was it was close. But then second round, he started turning it up. And third round, he got the finish. I just think his hand speed is striking, just slick. He throw, mixed oh, it yeah. in some kicks. 
Uh, I just think he, he's the real deal. I mean, I think Randy Costa is good as well, but um, I think he's he's got a little more than he can handle in this fight versus Inez. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. I just one thing is though, you don't want to start slow against Randy Costa because he has so many. Almost all his wins are first round knockouts. I think. So you don't yeah. not a guy you want to start slow against, and he's got a ton of power and he's looked good. I I just think this is just a great match. This was almost like a fan made fight. If you follow on Twitter or anything like that, people were just telling you like they're both on Twitter a lot. They're kind of trying to build their build their brand because they're both prospects. People were like, you guys should fight each other. They started. I mean, just openly talking about, yeah, we be a fun fight, and then here we are. We're sitting here. It's going to happen. So um, it's one of the great things about the UFC, though, is that two guys that every, a lot of people like, like especially on Twitter, which is probably where a majority of UFC fans do like the most communicating, two guys that everyone likes, instead of hiding them from each other and trying to build them without ever crossing paths, they just throw them, throw them in the fire against each other, and one guy's going to come out a winner and one guy's not, and doesn't mean uh, – it's not the end for whoever loses, and it's not necessarily the. It's a good good win for the guy who wins. So uh, I do think it's one of the best things about it, and it will. I'm positive that this will be a great fight. Yeah, definitely agree. This is this is definitely one to keep an eye out. We got a a lot of good fights on this card. This this card is definitely one of the better uh, fight nights or ESPN cards that that we've seen in a while, and good to see after kind of just. Uh, as far as name wise, the card ended up being good last week, but um, as far as the you know name value, it was uh, relatively weak. Yeah, not. I think the problem with those cards is there's just not so many ramifications. There's there's not like it doesn't clear up any title pictures. It doesn't really. It's more just per, per perspective. For it's almost like the minor. It's almost like watching the farm system. It's there's the stakes are not as high, and. Uh, I mean, you get some entertaining fights and you see some stuff you didn't expect to see, but it's always better when you when there's a more clear picture, kind of like the stakes are a little higher and the the uh, the fighters are a little more notable. And I will say this, after this card, which, like you said, this, this card's great, a lot of good fights on this card, um, it does fall off again, if I remember correctly, when I looked last time I looked forward. So um, we'll have to enjoy this one while we got it. Because I, uh, I think that the, the cards kind of fall off again, at least for a little while. So um, any fighters, though, you wanted to point out on here? We, I see we got uh, Andre Ewell fighting on here. We got uh, Sajar Eubanks. Uh, there's so many fights on here listed. Are all these fights going to come through? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, who knows? We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, there's quite a few. We covered quite a few most of them i think i think there's maybe three on here that at least on the official uh ufc website that that we didn't cover but um yeah andre yule he's, he's decent he you know that should be a good fight versus uh julio ars and then sajara eubanks has uh kind of been hit or miss but um i, d- I don't know much about her opponent though yeah, she's a big favorite this week. All right, then. So then, uh, that'll uh, that'll wrap up our preview. Uh, yeah, our preview then for uh, UFC on ESPN. Like I said, just uh, I can't say enough how excited I am for this main event. This is a fight that was supposed to happen like what a month ago, but uh, Dillashaw cut his eye open, had to hold off. So since then, I've just been you know at the edge of my edge of my seat waiting for this fight. So I can't say enough about this main event and a couple other spots on this card. So really looking forward to it. But with that said, we will uh, we'll wrap things up then, and we'll be back 
We'll be back next week to recap it all. Probably won't recap every fight because it looks like there's about 20 of them, but we'll uh, we'll get the good ones. So uh, other than that, enjoy the fights. Good luck on your picks, and we'll uh, see you all next week.